how am I showing up? I'm showing up in the ways that I can. And I'm pouring my heart into the spaces and places where I can, because that's what I have the bandwidth for. What do you have the bandwidth for? Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. It's Emily. Well, first of all, if it's your first time listening, hi, I'm Emily Benson. I'm a boutique business consultant. And I have a company called Boutique Training Academy where I have free trainings and then we have courses and programs that you can take with me. If you're in the market to start, grow, or scale your boutique business, you're in the right place. This episode is going to be a bit of a smorgasbord. I feel this weird juxtaposition of like batch recording stuff versus real-time recording stuff there's this like desire and I feel like also this sort of just trend in content creation where people are like, batch your stuff, you know, record in one day for one year. Like what? (laughs) I might be exaggerating, but to be honest with you, I just can't do that for everything. I think if I plan more in like series of like batch things that are like a series, right? So it's like episodic. So, okay, how to start a children's boutique. So I say you know, here's what I would think about. Here's what I would examine. Like, here's how I would launch what I do brick and mortar, what I do online, right? Like, I think there's opportunity to do sort of a series around a topic where you kind of like build up. And I've been seeing some content creators do that and educators. And I like it because I do feel like it has some continuity with the content and you know what to expect and it gives you different angles. I do feel it can get repetitive though in the content because it is all the same. So like, for example, I've been watching someone's series about digital products for, I don't know, three weeks or something. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating. I think she might publish twice a week. So maybe it's only been two or three weeks, but it's like a significant chunk of her most recent uploads on YouTube. And that's like where I follow her. So I've just noticed it a lot that she's like doing the series and like what she's promoting. And it's great. Like, I think honestly, she must have gone and looked at her analytics and said that was my best video. And now she's going to do a series on it. So I think there's opportunity for me to do that. I'm talking you through this for two reasons. One, I want you to hear how I think about growing my business and choosing what I want to do and how I want to do it. Because I'm worried that so many boutique owners think there's one way to do things. And The more I am in business, the more I work with different people in different parts of the world and like that have different perspectives. What I realize is everyone can do things their own way. And I know there's people on the internet saying that, right? Like do it your own style, whatever. But I actually feel like right now is so important. Like I'm not filming this on video, but if you could see my face, like it's just so important to be your unique self and 
only do the things that you want to do because here's here's what I learned is when I have to suffer through something, which is, I'm sorry, but like my parents' generation is very like, let's just suffer through it. And I am like that. And I don't want to be like that. I don't want to suffer through things. I want to do things that are fun. So in the past like six weeks, 12 weeks, I've been sort of doing an audit on not only my business, but just like my content development and how am I working and what's the structure and what do I really enjoy doing? Like what is lighting me up? Because there's definitely things in the past year I've done and they've been fine. Like I wouldn't say that they're bad or negative or the person was like nothing was wrong, right? It just sometimes didn't feel quite aligned, whether that was the other, you know, program people, person, thing, what I was teaching. I mean, there's been times I've taught master classes that I'm like, uh, well, no, it doesn't, you know, here's the thing. I feel like if I'm excited about it, I'll whip it together and go. <laughs> it's when I sort of hesitate and I need to trust my gut and trust my hesitation. And that's on everything. So this is part of like where my gut comes in with the podcast and says, Hey, you should do some real time episodes because that's what you like in podcasts. You enjoy when it's like more real time. And because I have a system set up now where I have a team, then I can easily record. So I think the issue might be that I moved to Mondays and the pressure is like on to have it done like the week before. So I don't know. Maybe I should move back to Wednesdays. I feel like. Mondays is good because you guys are like off theoretically as boutique owners, but maybe it's not giving me enough time to be like more real time, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I don't know. I just have to look at that. I think I want to be bringing you like the latest and greatest, which is what we're going to talk about today. So that's where I'm coming in saying, you know, the past couple of weeks have been a little bit more of like not batch style necessarily, but mid-June update, I filmed that like super real time. Everything else is like a week or two ahead. And some of it's getting like really tutorial on the podcast, which I want because I want people to discover me through this platform, right? But I also want someone like you who's been like listening forever, who's more established, who's really like really hanging out here to hear what I have to say and hear my perspective on the industry and what's next and what we should be working on in our business. And so that's what I need to start sprinkling in. So that's what this is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. One of the biggest things I see across the board in boutique land is this turnover. And I can't say it's the first time I've seen it, but I think that it's happening because of this post COVID surge of people who sort of came in, like we had COVID and a deluge of people left direct sales like the year before COVID. And so the industry has been hit really hard. And there's this huge push now for sustainability because it went so wild there for a little while. There's an increased focus on the sort of life cycle of the product that you're selling. So like we, most of you guys that listen are doing what would be considered fast fashion, meaning you're like on the trend, buy now, wear now. That is, I mean, like that's probably 90% of boutiques, maybe 80, maybe I'm exaggerating. I would say it's like the most boutique volume because it's sort of that like middle ground customer. And I think that that's fine, but I do feel that there is a push to, on one hand, really think about 
what you're selling, how you're selling it and like where that's going to end up. So like, you know, let me just be honest, like we're filling up landfills, right? With these clothes, like we're overproducing and the source isn't you, right? Like this is not a blame game of like, hey, you're a problem, but like you are part of the system. So like, how can we start to be more thoughtful about what we're sourcing and not just, listen, here's the other thing. This is a good double check on, do I really need to buy this? So many of you are overbought. Even working with people who are helping you with buying plans, I'm shocked to hear how many well-established companies are having people overbuy. Like, I'm so sorry for you. I've heard in the past that there are other companies that help with buying plans. I'm starting in a really small way with buying plans in my courses and programs. And most especially in my like high-level boutique business accelerator, which is called Sky's the Limit. In Sky's the Limit, I teach you how to build your own buy plan. I teach you how to look at your own sales analysis, pull your data. What do you do with the data? Most of the reports, guys, that you see in Shopify, Common Sold, Square, uh, I will say Square is pretty tight on their reports and I like it. It's clean. I don't talk about Square a lot, but I do enjoy it as a platform. If you have just a brick and mortar, I think it's like a nice platform you get way too many reports. And first and foremost, how do you even know just as someone who's new to the retail industry, what reports are most important? You don't. So you're given this list of like 50 reports. And not only is it overwhelming, it's also hard to just decipher what it means and what it's going to give you and what the columns are going to be. I so many times have seen people jump onto POS systems that just aren't as more like mainstream as Square, Shopify, things like that. And it's difficult. Like the report pulling is difficult. It's made for, you know, more enterprise solutions, people that maybe have like 15 stores and they're bicycle stores. And so there's pieces and parts and SKUs. And there are much more complicated retail businesses than a boutique business. Let's just be honest, right? A boutique business is pretty straightforward. We buy clothes and accessories, we sell them right? That's kind of it. We don't necessarily have all these other elements going on, but the buying plan is what's becoming so important. And I think this is the the fact that these two things in my gut are coming together at the same time is really interesting because I've been around this industry for, I mean, 15 years, 17 years in retail and fashion. And I remember one of my bosses when I was in my 20s, he was like, oh, things always come back around. You always see see things like kind of circle back. And I have seen a lot of things circle back. And what I really feel like right now is this push towards, like I said, sustainability in the sense of, you know, where your product's going, you know, where your product probably has come from too. You know, is it being made in a factory that is ethical? You know, not necessarily everyone is and what that line is, is different for everyone, right? So I think part of it is, are we going to continue to support unethical business practices in our vendors, right? And again, I'm like, I don't have any particular person or vendor that I'm thinking about. I'm just from a conceptual level talking this through with you where the concurrent like rise in sustainability Plus this sort of like pivoting of post-COVID 
thoughtfulness, quiet luxury, that trend of quiet luxury where it's like just a really tailored sweatsuit with a very expensive pair of sneakers. Like interesting trends are happening. And I think that there's an opportunity for you to re-examine your business. What days you're open, how it's structured, what you do in your business. Do you do more events uh, and have less store hours open, right? Do you teach classes on something that you're interested in? I've been proposing so many things to people, especially in Sky's the Limit, because they're at this level where they're making very steady $20,000, $30,000 revenue months or more. And a lot of them are developing their own product or testing out trunk shows or starting wholesale businesses. And I really think that that's the future. I think you're going to have to have a multidimensional boutique business. You're going to have to be able to scale up to the point where the business can support you. And, you know, listen, if you want to get to 100K months, 500K months, like I'm here for that. I've been along the journey with someone doing that. Okay. So it's not foreign to me. It doesn't seem that hard to me. I think there's definitely like very specific things that you can do in your business. And that's what I always talk about. Being more specific about your customer, when you're open, what your point of view is, having that really harsh perspective. And harsh might be negative, but I think that's what we have to do. You know, I always say, I've always said from day one, only buy what you love. I have gotten so much pushback on that. That and the 3X markup. If you're new here and you didn't know, when I came into this industry, no one was using 3X markup. If you hear anyone say that number, it is from me. When I burst onto the scene in 2015 (laughs) with my first book, and I argued that vertical retailers that we shop at every day are using 3X, 4X, you know, 2.7X at least markups why aren't we doing that? Why are we 2.2? We're never going to make money. Like that just, it doesn't work anymore. It's antiquated, especially with the rise of fast fashion where your price points lower, you have to sell so much more volume. I'm just like on a kick here. But I think the big piece of all this, now is your time to be more thoughtful. Now is your time to have a solid perspective on what it is you want to do. If you want to start a plus size consignment boutique, do that. There's this rad group of women people, humans doing it out in LA. It's called the Plus Bus. I follow them on uh, Instagram, I want to say. They're like the coolest humans and they're making plus size be fun and cool. And I believe it's a mix of like vintage, new, and maybe like consignment or recycled or something like that, upcycled. I am just so into it, especially with plus size where it feels like vendors just aren't on that bandwagon yet, which I'm still confused by. And even last year in my magic talk in Las Vegas, I spoke about how we need to continue to challenge vendors to actually like fit things on plus size women. So they fit like there's some vendors that are doing it really well. And there's other vendors that like get it together. I know it's expensive. I know it's an investment, but what if you could double your sales because you put that investment in, right? Do it thoughtfully, do it in your best sellers, like do it in things you know will sell and ask plus size women, curve women, whatever we're calling ourselves these days, like ask them if they like it. The amount of freaking uh, t-shirts that 
were horizontal stripes that I used to see back in 2013 for plus sizes. I like, I was like, come on, like everyone knows that is not flattering. (laughs) So, you know, I recently saw that Victoria's Secret, who's like trying to make a comeback and be more inclusive after having men run the show over there, which, you know, guys, men have run the show at many, many, many of the top retailers in the world for ever. So remember all of these beauty standards, these fashion standards aren't necessarily originating from women in the past. I think more and more every day, women's perspectives and solutions to the problems we uniquely have show up in the marketplace. So if you're in that situation, I have a friend right now that's developing a product and I'm so excited for her. It's taken her forever to like, just kind of like go for it. But last time we talked, she was like, go, go, go. And I think it's really good for her because she has a business already that she's invested in. And again, it's gotten to the point where it's sustainable. It has a team, right? This is, this is a big piece of it is building yourself so that you can not necessarily step out, but step a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left and do something new, do something that like feels like a passion project and might make you money. Like you're a creative person. This is the time, 2023. I'm like, it's July. What is it? The 10th, the 13th. It's the 13th. Ew, what a, well, I'm sorry if your birthday is the 13th. Just the 13th, 13 just said like, why is 13 a bad number? Anyway, it's July 13th. You have like six months. If you were really intentional in looking at your fall product, selling through your summer product right now and launching end of August, early September with the most beautiful collections, the best clothes, your best sellers, the things that you're like, I freaking love this. I would wear this to bed, even though I also am going to wear it out to like a barbecue. Like, let me tell you, we need to be in love with these clothes. And I think that's what one of my tangents got started on was a lot of people have been saying, oh no, I need to buy for my customer. I need to buy for what I think she likes. I mean, she is you, my friend. Like if we haven't just gotten to that point of like all saying, you know what? We're kind of right. And okay, here's the thing. There are probably 3% of you because I feel like maybe 3% of my students over the past seven to eight years have been in a situation where for one reason or another, because they bought the business, because they're, I don't know, they don't have kids, but they wanted a kid's boutique, right? Like there's been like weird situations where like you might not be the customer, right? But you kind of are the customer in some way and you're doing a good job. I've seen that. But what I will tell you is the amount of passion you will have when you love a piece, it's going to be different. You're going to want to wear it out and and show it off and take a, like have a photo shoot, right? I've been encouraging everyone to like, just be in the photo shoots. I'm encouraging myself too, because like I need a photo shoot soon. I need some like updated pictures. I will say like all of my YouTubes though, I'm trying to like wear less makeup and just be more myself and more relatable. And that goes back into like, what makes me feel best? Like, why are people coming to me? They're not coming to me because I have my eye makeup perfectly done. Now, does my makeup, is it fun to do and whatever? Yeah. But I also think that you're coming to me because I have something to say and I'm smart and I have 
a perspective that you are interested in hearing, right? And so on another level, I'm also like, why does it matter if I wear makeup? <laughs> like, why does it matter if my hair is perfect? Especially now that I'm a mom, I'm I'm like going to continue to bow down to the moms that came before me that I did not understand. And now I get it. It is a challenge to your nervous system every day to have a kid. <laughs> Just constant challenges, constant opportunities. And none of this is negative. I don't even want to, it's not negative. This is not me bashing being a mom at all, but things change and you have to adapt. And it's just like this moment in your business. It's just like it. I want to encourage you to think about when you're in a regulated nervous system, when you've taken deep breaths, when you've had a great night's sleep, when you're in a position where you just feel really good, what sounds fun? And what doesn't sound fun? Whatever does not sound fun are the things that you need to think about cutting out of your life, cutting out of your business, okay? Now, do I understand there are things that you need to do? Sure, 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 sure. But especially in your business where you have complete control, if you don't wanna be open Mondays, don't be open Mondays. If you only wanna be open in the middle of the day, just be open in the middle of the day. If you only wanna launch once a month, launch once a month but have the strategy around it so that you're still hitting your goals. Understand what that means when you do that, right? If you're going to work a little bit less, but you're going to have so much energy on that live stream, or you're going to have so much more uh, like time to look at your numbers and your data and do the buying really, really accurately, then that's what you need to be focused on. There is a need now to just buy tighter, buy more accurately. A buying plan is so imperative, even if it's not perfect. You have really got to look at your departments. What departments are selling? What departments are not selling? If they're not selling, you've got to get rid of them. And like, I'm not kidding. (laughs) This is the situation where I will continue to tell you that there are people I have worked with over the years who I've said the same thing over and over you should get rid of these departments. You should get rid of this company that you're working with. You should get rid of that employee that you're constantly complaining about. And it takes them like three months, six months, seven months, eight months, a year, a year and a half to like finally let go. And, you know, here's the thing, knowing what you know today, what decisions would you make? You've already been through so much right? This is maybe for a bit more experienced of a a retailer, like a a year or two in. You've had, you've dipped your toes in, right? You've dipped your toes in. You feel how the water feels. You can see the current. You can see, you know, where maybe the tide is a bit easier and gentler. Where do you want to swim? What does that look like for you? It can be different than it used to be. And I want to give you permission, full permission to change your ways. Honestly, One of the things that I do enjoy is one-on-one coaching and I haven't been promoting or selling um, packages this year at all because I just didn't know how I wanted to do it. I usually will do like six months or a year or just sort of like ongoing with people. But I've gotten to this point where I just am so frazzled. Well, not anymore, but I was so frazzled. (laughs) It's just like my one-on-one client is my kid. That said, I love one-on-one. I love getting in someone's business and really like picking it apart and seeing it from the outside. I'm a really, really good editor. So if you come to me with like ideas and a start, I can help narrow it and like define what needs to be next and what 
to get rid of, all this stuff that I've been talking about. This is something that I'm really good. It's editing. It's editing your business, editing your assortment, all of that stuff. It's so important. And I think uh, for me, like I actually have missed that, right? I haven't done it in like a few months. It's been pretty sporadic. I've mostly been doing sort of one-on-one coaching. It's, it's I guess, like semi-private coaching, I think people call it these days. Semi-private coaching in Sky's the Limit, where it's like a small, intimate group. Um, but I am on with someone for 20 to 30 minutes, 15 minutes, you know? Um, so we don't get to as many people on calls, but the group is smaller and people are still kind of bouncing off each other and everyone's at the same level. So whatever I'm teaching, it pretty much applies to everyone. They might be at different stages in the program, but they're getting to see all the aspects of sort of like building a sales analysis, creating a buying plan, uh, developing a Facebook ad strategy, all of that stuff. Those are like sort of the big, big pieces that move the needle that I do go through, teach and like, and then we workshop it. It's it's a workshopping like critique every Monday. It's not every Monday, but it's most Mondays. Um, the workshop call, our last workshop call, Rhonda, who I absolutely love, has this... Stunning brick and mortar boutique. Like, I want to go there. It's 4,000 square feet, which is, I say to her, I think on every call, it's so overwhelming to me to have to merchandise that. I'm really impressed. Like, that's a huge space. And what happened was that she like ended up having too much inventory. Part of that was, I think, kind of trying to have maybe a little something for everyone. I don't want to speak to Rhonda, but she does have like a pretty wide range for an ideal customer because because it is a big boutique, right? So she has like sort of this wide assortment. And then on top of it, she overbought from some advice she got with buying plans and buying, and she just ended up overbought. And so when she came to me, she's like, I just want to stop um, working with the company where I'm getting kind of buying advice from. And I want to learn how to do this myself, get a grip on my numbers. Like I know my business, you know, the thing about coming in disguise, the limit I find is that the people that join are very smart and they really want to get control of their business and they want it to be even better. Even if that just means streamlined. Again, for Rhonda, the big thing was just stopping over buying, focusing on the departments that were selling really well to not only buy into those more, but those are the promotion things. Those are the, you know, in the windows, those are the marketing, what's driving the marketing, right? It all fits together. And I think that as you become a more established boutique owner, those are the things you're thinking about more and more. And because you're thinking about that more and more, some of it you've mastered. Some of it you're really good at. And it's just these tweaks. That's what I find in Sky's the Limit. A lot of people were just tweaking things. It's not this massive overhaul. Sky, like honestly, in Blueprint or Bootcamp, Bootcamp is where we see people have these massive overhauls where they come in with like a ton of inventory. If, if they're not new, people that come into my level one course, which is called Boutique Basics Bootcamp, in that course, we do have people who are established that come in that are like, I have $30,000 worth of inventory and, and like none of it's selling. I don't know what I'm doing. I just need to start from the basics. I didn't really like start with a plan. So I need to kind of fast, like sort of rewind to then fast forward back to where like you've learned stuff, you have things set up, but it's just not working the way you want it to. So we go in and we sort of fix the mechanics. We get through the inventory that's not working. Like we help you do that. Right. And then because it's going to be different for everyone. That's why I, you know, I've been encouraged to take out my group coaching calls and I love them. And Ariane loves them. My co-coach, we have such a good system down. We split days, we split times. I just do sky's the limit myself. That's like the higher highest level course program that I do. 
we split the days, we split the time. So everyone gets two different perspectives because Ariane is really smart and she knows so many things about like working with vendors and managing inventory. And so I love going to her and she like, honestly, she's a student, right? She came to me as a friend and a student. And so as she (laughs) coaches, she obviously like has my mindset tricks up her sleeve all the time because she's been most transformed by that. She, she knew the inventory stuff already. Like that, that's her strong suit from, from working at Henry Bendel for so long. Anyway, I might be getting into too much detail, but I think that with the group coaching calls, that's where we can work with you a little bit more on how to move through that inventory or how to tweak your logo or how to tweak your prices. We've been talking about so much of that stuff last night or two nights ago. I was on a bootcamp call, Boutique Basics Bootcamp. I was on a call and we had so many different questions. It was a long call. I I talked for too long. I think at the beginning, I was getting excited. But we talked about what to mark down, what to put on sale, how to do a pop-up, how to think about doing, setting up your pop-up so that you can sell through inventory. We talked about how to restyle things for fall, how to reshoot things, how to photograph things for your website. Uh, We went through a host of different topics. And I think that's the fun part for me about courses is you can come in and we want to help you. We want you to move forward. We also like need you to show up and ask the questions and be there and like go through the course, like do the work, do the workbooks, listen to the Q and A's, right? Anyway, I'm getting on a tangent about courses, but it, it, what I will say is that being in a community and having the support, what I will say is people are uplifted by it. They're motivated by it. They get to the point where it feels really good to them. And then because they're feeling so good, they end up selling stuff. And we do see revenue increases because of that. Now, I can't guarantee that for everyone. You have to do the work. You have to show up, ask questions, like say, hey, will you look at our website? You know, will you look at my website? I want some feedback on it. We will totally do that on a call. That's where we get to actually give you that one-on-one like specific advice. So, right. The other thing about one-on-one. So, so we do have courses. I'm getting, in, I'm getting too far into courses. But what I want to end this little section with is sort of the fact that I have opened up one-on-one specific calls for the time being. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I really want to get back on the call on calls with people and I think it will be really fun but I don't know how it's going to go. I haven't done like one-off one-on-one calls in a long time. So I just want to make sure people get value and they feel like they have sustained things they can work on. So anyway, I'm calling my one-on-one sessions firehose consulting sessions, one-on-one firehose consulting sessions. People have said to me over and over, Emily, when you tell me business advice, it's like a fire hose. You just like, like it's so much. It's so overwhelming. I could take what you have given me in this one hour and work for two to three weeks on the things that you're asking me to do. Because here's the thing, you're also running your business, right? So it's not like you're just a fresh out, like, and I'm saying, here's what you should start with. It's you're in a business running it or starting it and... Um, this advice is to like tweak and refine, but it still will take a while to implement. So anyway, I have opened up spots. They're limited each month. Um, and so if you're interested, I will put the link down in the show notes. 
Now, speaking of sourcing and, you know, I want to go back to like the pivoting and the sustainability and being more intentional with what we do. We are seeing huge pushback from Sheen or Sheen. I am still confused on how to say it. They did an influencer trip to Asia and they've been putting out a lot of interesting press. Sheen invited influencers to come to their factories. They kind of put on a show is what the industry really thinks because everything was like a little bit too perfect. And you always know like you're going to get caught when things are like just too precise, right? But it spawned this whole conversation within the fashion industry about sustainability. And they came out, they did an article um, in Fashion Dive, which is a really nice newsletter. If you don't get Fashion Dive, I really like it. I think it comes from... Informa Markets, who uh, puts on the magic show, Magic, in Vegas and New York. And they put on a bunch of other markets, but they have like sort of a newsletter and it's a roundup of sort of what's going on in the industry. I like looking at it. I think they send it maybe every week or five days, four days. I don't know. There was an interview recently featured in there uh, from an executive at Shein and they he talked so much about circularity circularity. So essentially what Shein's trying to do, and I think this is a little bit of a PR move. They're trying to say that by producing small quantities, even though they're making like up to 10,000 styles a week or something crazy or a day, like insane numbers. I, I, They're insane. They're trying to say because they're small quantities and they're based on demand that it's actually like more sustainable and it's more... You know, it's better for the environment. And I don't know, just the sheer volume sort of to me speaks that like, that's not true. Like we're not stupid just because you're creating small quantity. Like you're also the producer of these garments. You could offer less. Like I think the amount of corporate greed that has like come into, I mean, it's it's been around forever. Like this is not a new conversation, but we're seeing it in these really interesting ways where it's just like, Shein, like, why do you need that much money? Like, why do you need to have such a huge, like they have factories in like 15 countries. I need to get the article and actually quote it. I'll post it in the show notes and I'll post it along with the content that I'm putting out um, around this episode. But honestly, like they have... They have a factory at least on every continent, if not more. So they're now creating more places to produce. And again, if we're going back to like, okay, yes, is the demand there? Yeah, but also are we kind of like creating the demand ourselves by producing so much, by offering people so many options and so many choices? To me, like, why can't we say, all right, I want to make a million dollars a year. There's a sustainable way to run a business that is a million to let's even go to $100 million a year in revenue, make a solid amount of money for you personally as a CEO, build it really lean and kind of stay around that number. Like, why do we always have to be growing? What's the end point? What's the set point? That's my issue with Sheen is it's like, what are they going to be like a $50 billion company a year? And like, all we're doing is creating more waste. Like, I think I'm making like a political statement here, but I, I don't know. Like, I think that there it's, One thing to say, I'm a small business owner. I want to cater to my community or who I am as a person because I don't see it represented in the boutique space or the fashion space in the way that I would love to see it presented or the way that I would love it to be sold to me. Like maybe you don't see yourself reflected and you honestly open up your store because you're like, I want to 
dive into this and help people like me or I love fashion and I want to show my unique style. To me, that's like really valid. And I think that there's more opportunity for small business owners to have their perspective in the fashion industry. But when it comes to these big dominant retailers, like it's just interesting because it felt like department stores are kind of falling off. Like we still have our Nordstrom. Macy's is still like holding on by fingernails. But I think the idea of a department store, you know, obviously Shein's trying to do that online. They're trying to satisfy the needs of a lot of different groups in one place who like fast fashion, right? But what's the limit? That's where I just don't like it. I can't wrap my head around it. I feel like not only is it just like, why can't we just have more small businesses? (laughs) Like, why can't we get to the point where, okay, you're making a billion dollars. Okay. Why can't you start to create microloans for more small businesses? Again, to help communities, whether that's a community online or in person that again, it doesn't have to necessarily be this, like your town. It can be people like you who love like candles that smell exclusively like food and are shaped like tapers. And I don't like, I don't know. I'm just going off on a tangent, but my point is I feel like the Shein movement, we can't complain about it. We have to talk about how toxic it is. And we, and not from a perspective of like, oh, they're stealing our business. Like that to me is a scarcity mindset that I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into like, oh, my Amazon's my competition or, oh, Amazon, you know, Amazon's another selling platform. If you want to go sell on Amazon, you should, because you could get approved selling on Amazon potentially. (laughs) So, you know, just think of that as another Shopify. Just think of that as another Etsy. So Amazon, like, yeah. Are you going to see dupes of things that you see in the boutique world? Yeah. Could you go ahead and sell on Amazon? Yeah. Could you sell on Shein? No, unless it's like recycled Shein stuff, which they're starting an exchange, which again speaks to consignment and sustainability, but like they're producing more. They're not saying like, oh, when the exchange is full and there's 50,000 pieces on it, we're going to slow our production down, right? It's like, they're just feeding their own ecosystem. So everyone's just going to shop and exchange and like, blah, like, I don't know. I just feel like it feels very complicated, very like, you know, pinky in the side of my mouth moment. Like it just feels a little bit evil. And I think that's why we're all having these reactions to Shein and it's coming out and like, oh, people are shopping them and they're stealing our business. And like, I get that. I also think Shein, they're never going to be you. They're never going to have that personality. And then this goes back to what I very much started off with, with this is a time to pivot, a time to be intentional, a time to rebuild, become more aligned, What is going to help your boutique show up at your highest self, its highest self? What is the attitude of your boutique? How do you feel? Like, I'm going to be honest, I haven't been in my like best and brightest moments lately. I don't want to get on Facebook Live and have fun with you guys. Like I do, but like, I'm just, I'm not mentally there. And so how am I showing up? I'm showing up in the ways that I can. And I'm pouring my heart into the spaces and places where I can, because that's what I have the bandwidth for. What do you have the bandwidth for? And if you have the bandwidth for a lot, like, yes, go for it. Okay. What's sustainable? What can you do? And not, you know, not unalive yourself, not be getting sick all the time, not be, you know, in a place where like, you just aren't having fun anymore. So I just want to talk about a couple trends that I see happening. Obviously, at the moment, everyone's doing Barbie. If you haven't done Barbie, your time is almost over. 
I'm going to be honest with you. That sounds really rude. But uh, just like the 4th of July, this event will end also. Now, is there projected like a Barbie bump for the rest of the year? Yeah. But is there more anticipation now? And then like once the movie comes out? Yeah. We're hoping to see Legally Blonde 3 come out, which I think is like a really fun thing to also try to play off of in your store if that feels right for you and your customer. But I do want to encourage you for the rest of the year to focus on not overbuying, not overbuying. I am going to go on the record again as saying, I think shackets are almost done. There's got to be a new shacket coming. Who's going to design it? Is it a kimono? Is it a shacket kimono? Is it a wool kimono? Hi, who can design that for me? I would wear that in a heartbeat. Kind of have a wool kimono I got from Athleta, but it shrunk a little bit. And it's just not quite right. It's not quite right. Maybe I'll have to start making that. <laughs> but what's the next shacket for reals? Because we've been seeing shackets for like five years now. And I don't know. I don't know. Just like wool hats. Like I feel like wool hats kind of went off the cliff last year. And I predicted it. If you were around me like two, three years ago, I'm like the wool hats, we're having our moment. Wide brim wool hats. But now everyone has a wall full of them and they're fine. They're great. They're still cool. I think people are still wearing them now and then. But I also feel like headbands like are having a moment, have been having a moment, right? Be careful with jackets, please. And I would also say like maybe be careful with sets, like two-piece sets. I think that people are still going a little too hard on two-piece sets. So I just want to like warn you. Again, take my advice with a grain of salt. What I say is not the end-all be-all. What I am speaking from is years and years of experience and being in the thick of it with you all the time and seeing the trends come and go and also having a gut feeling because I've been in this world for so long of when they're going to come and go. Okay. So like you can trust me or not, that's fine. And I might be completely wrong. You know, maybe wool wool hats are going to have a comeback, but like, I don't think a lot of you guys are selling many of them anymore. I do think like sparkly cowboy hats, again, Taylor Swift, Barbie, like we're having a very pink moment. Like there's a lot of pink washing going on in our world and that's fine, but not everyone is doing pink and sparkly, right? So I want you to remember that there's still the woman just like you who needs to get dressed for every day, not just the Taylor Swift concert, not just the Barbie movie that they're going to with their girls. But I will say the girls events, I mean, it would be kind of cool for your boutique to host a Barbie night at the local theater. Just saying, right? There are things that you could do that could be really fun. So there's tie-ins other than just product that could be fun. Think about doing some events. Everyone seems to be doing permanent jewelry. I think, again, I think that'll pick up for a year, like a couple years. But I don't know if that'll last forever. Again, I think a lot of these things like succulent bars, like everyone's doing those for a while. I think people are still doing them. Um, But I do think that there's new ways to bring people in for events, for classes, or styling sessions. Like even if you did an event where it was like, you know, you don't have to put on a whole fashion show. You really don't. You could put um, really great mannequins around the store and have signage next to them about why the look works, what body shape it's good for, why it's on trend for fall. And you could make an event out of it. You could call it like your fall launch. You know, put on your own. Like for a long time, there's been a trend of doing more of like a presentation for fall or spring fashion week. I most often see it in New York. I think it's in New York, you can like rent a big warehouse and it's kind of cool, you know? But J. Crew often did them as well. I feel like that was like 
They did them almost every year. Target has done them. Anyway, the idea is that like you turn a space into a showroom instead of doing a runway show. So models, and in your case, it could be models, but mannequins are also totally doable. Set up some mannequins around the store and guide people through and teach them, show them what to wear, show them what the trends are. Remember, people are coming to you because you're more fashionable than they are. You know what fits better than they do. You have a magic inside you that allows you to see a person, I hope, I hope, and help them pick something out for themselves that feels good, that is going to make them have a better day. Like that's what we do, right? Like we're clothes dealers. (laughs) I used to have a, a... bracelet that said hug dealer. It's so cute. Uh, but I, I think we're, you know, we're close dealers and we have to be serious about that. We have to know that people are coming to us for our style. So what's next? How are you going to embrace what's next in your own way? Right? Again, we're going back to our own way. If you're like doing an, a movie theater outing sounds so overwhelming, Emily, or like, we don't even have a movie theater within two hours. Okay. Like, obviously that's not going to work. But even doing a meetup at a movie theater, like, hey, we're all going to meet up. We're going to wear our pink, cute clothes. You know, we're going to host. We're going to do like a little swag bag for everyone. But like, you have to buy your own ticket, you know, buy your ticket here. I'm sure you could rent a theater. Anyway, I just think there's a lot of opportunity for you to capture things that are fun for you and turn them into revenue making things that are already off of what you're doing in your store. And that gets me back to that like bigger picture of a boutique owner who's doing 25, 30, $40,000 a month and more, you can start kind of start to have the freedom to do some new things, whether that is investing in property or I don't know, again, starting wholesale, all that stuff. There is more opportunity for you. And I want you to get to that level. If you're at that level, come join Sky's the Limit. We have such a good group. We have so much fun on Mondays. And people are really having great progress and enjoying the high-level conversations we're having in there. So we're starting to work on Facebook ads and setting up a Facebook ad system slash funnel. Uh, We just got done with email marketing. So now we're moving on through Facebook ads, but we're always working on buying plans and we're always looking at sales analysis um, and refining those for each person in the group. So if that's what you're struggling with and you need help, I want to invite you to join us. I'll put the link, but I'm pretty sure our link is just boutiquetrainingacademy.com forward slash skies the limit, just all one word together and all lowercase. So Okay, I think I'm going to wrap up because nap time is almost over, frankly. And this is like my allotment for the day to record this. I hope you're enjoying the more like timely episode that I did today. If you have any feedback about the podcast, I mean, hopefully it's good. Like A, first of all, please leave in rating and review. It really does help other people find me. And I have so many of you that come to me that are like, I wish I found you sooner. So like help someone else find me sooner. I really, I think that, part of the work I've been doing has been improving the boutique industry, like as a whole. Like I think, I think the work I'm doing is helping have better, more sustainable boutiques. I even have people who close their boutique and like go start another business or they're helping someone start a boutique. Or I have someone who emailed me and they're like, I'm managing a boutique like part-time and the owner's so grateful because I like just using everything I learned from you. And I'm like, that's so cool. But I think that there's so much to be learned. There's so much to do. We have so much coming up. Black Friday, we're going to start to talk about that soon. So buckle up for that. Enjoy your time off this summer. Take some time off. 
take a couple days to like think about what you want in your business because once September hits, fall is going to be wild. Okay. I just want you to know fall is always a good season, even if it's only slightly good, <laughs> even if it's flat to last year. We still know that the price points are higher in fall. And so we'll naturally make more money because we're selling more long sleeves, more jackets, more pants, denim, you know, there's more fabrics. So we make more money. That said, I'm going to leave you on that note. Thank you so much for joining and I'll talk to you soon. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money.